0: everyone. Welcome back to But What Will People Say? I'm your host, Deesha Mazepa. And this is a South Asian interracial relationship and lifestyle podcast. Welcome back for another episode. It's Dara week this week. Today, she's on as a guest talking about a whole bunch of parts of our culture we're ready to throw away thanks to the help of the listeners here. And tomorrow on Prime and Prejudice, she's back. We're talking about Sex Lives of College Girls. It's the show on HBO Max that Mindy Kaling created. So if you're into it, make sure you're subscribed to Prime and Prejudice and that episode with her will be out tomorrow. This is another group episode of But What Will People Say? I put out a question for you guys and the listeners of this show submitted some answers. The question was, what are some parts of our culture that we are looking forward to getting rid of and throwing out? Because... In this space, a lot of people are basically told you're throwing away your culture as soon as you bring home someone who isn't brown or the same religion or whatever. And I was like, you know what, we need to flip the conversation. We need to turn it around because you know what, there are lots of things in our culture that are worth throwing out. So I asked you guys what those things could be and you all submitted a lot of answers And I wanted to switch it up. And instead of doing a solo episode where I just read everything you submitted, I sort of consolidated the big themes and answers that I got and invited a very familiar face around here, Zara. she's back, to talk about those things with me. And so... That makes the conversation just a bit more dynamic and not like there's 50 voices in the room and just us talking about the topics and themes you guys all submitted. So if you submitted an answer to that question, thank you so much. Without you, this episode would not be possible. That being said, as happens around here once in a while, I ran into some tech issues. So you will notice the sound on this is not quite as crisp as you usually get on this show. The first half... Doesn't sound, in my opinion, amazing because it collected the audio through my AirPods. Something happened with my computer. It didn't save my mic audio. I tried for so long to recover it. I basically tried to not have a mental breakdown about it. And I also didn't want to re record the episode because it's hard to recreate an authentic conversation. Um, And once that happened, we still had a long ways to go in the conversation. So you'll notice the sound will change where the first half sounds different than the second half where I was able to get things up and running and working again and at least save the sound on the second half of this. So the conversation is still good. It might just sound a little bit less crisp and clean than you're used to. But I hope you can stick it out because me and Dara had a lot to say and you all had so many submissions. Um, I really enjoyed having this conversation because you guys gave us all these prompts and issues that I didn't even think about that might impact South Asians. And so without further ado, here's Dara. All right, everyone, we are here with Dara. She's back. She's a familiar voice in this space. And I've reached a point in my podcast where I just bring back my favorite guests. So welcome back, Dara.
1: Hey, good to be
0: back. Um, So a few weeks ago, actually at this point, probably a few months ago, um, I put out a thing on Instagram asking you guys to submit the parts of your culture, your South Asian culture that you want to throw away. Most people in interracial relationships, the first thing we hear is you're throwing away your culture, you don't care about your culture, and then you all sit here feeling guilty about it, like it's this horrific thing you've done. And I wanted to flip it on its head, so i asked all of you listening to submit the parts of your culture that you do want to throw away and get rid of. And so we've got a whole bunch of your submissions here, and I asked Dara to join me to come hang out and chat a little bit about it. So welcome back, Dara.
1: Hey, I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Let's do it. Well, so you actually had a whole bunch of things you even submitted in this. <laughs> sure so I'm sure going to let did. you get started with what are the things that you would like to see get rid of in our culture?
1: Ooh, so many things, so many things. Um, goodness. Oh, you don't have there. to remember
0: the ones you wrote down. No, I'm just trying to
1: think of like, you know, within our time frame of conversations, what do I want to make sure that we should cover? Okay. Um let's see. I think one thing for sure is um, you know, I'm a boy mom of two, so talking about genders, you know, a lot of things that I hear is oh, are you sad you don't have a girl or on the flip side um, you know, adding just gender specifics to, you know, my boys, like, you know, like, they can't be sensitive or like art or cooking or, you know, we're pink, like, you know, but like, I, I don't see that as uh, something that should be associated with just a gender. So I definitely get irritated when South Asian People make that commentary to directly to my children or me about them or, you know, on the flip side, the other topic about, oh, don't you want a girl? So I'll, I'll yeah. open with that and you can <laughs> kick it off even further.
0: So it's kind of two topics yeah. that I just threw out. <laughs> totally. I mean, I feel like I I've seen a lot of the opposite where people like envy the ones who have boys. Because it's like in our culture, a lot of the times, most parents prefer the boy. It's like preferred that you have a son because daughters very often are just viewed as this burden. They have to like eventually get rid of. (laughs) At least that's how I very, not how I was raised. My parents and my family never treated me like that. But that is what I've heard very often where it's like parents want boys because I don't know why.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely get that. I have an older brother and then I'm the younger sister. So um I was very lucky. I never felt, you know, like I was a burden in any capacity. So definitely not that. Um in our family dynamic, um, you know, my my father in law was very excited that we were having a boy because his daughter has two daughters. So he was definitely excited that, you know, somebody's gonna take on the the name um but you know now having two boys you know not from my our families specifically but you know other people will be like oh don't you want a girl like are you going to be fulfilled like on on one on one side they're like you know the sons are going to take on your name but then i also hear oh but who's going to take care of you you know guys aren't guys aren't going to take care of you you know what about if you get a bitchy daughter-in-law and you know she wants nothing (laughs) to do with you And, and, you know, it's, it's all that saga and I'm just like, wow, like, okay, so when I'm old, I will not be taken care of because I have sons and, you know, and that, that's a whole different conversation because one, you know, we're planning to take care of ourselves and just, you know, that's, you know, yeah, that's a whole different mindset. I don't want to put that burden on my kids anyways. Right. Like I want to be a part of their life and leave it at that and anything else is a bonus. But yeah, so I constantly hear, don't you guys want a girl? Are you going to go for a third for a girl? Go for a third for the girl. You know, <laughs> not rather than like, do you want more kids? It's more like, don't you want that girl?
0: Like you're like, incomplete. You don't have yeah. one of and, each.
1: Yeah. And it's like our, like, you know, being in my motherhood journey, you know, coming to terms that you know, are we good with two? Do we want three? Like that, that that's its own isolated dilemma. And then you constantly hear like, oh, but don't you want to get that girl? And I'm like, I'm like very happy with the boys, but thanks for adding that element of, okay, am I not? Like, do I need that girl?
0: (laughs) Well, it's kind of like the perpetual feeling of like never enough. It's never enough. You got to go for the bigger house and the the more kids and the perfect life. And it's like, for who? Yeah. For who? But going off of that, you mentioned like um, having kids essentially for the sake of, taking care of their parents. And that is extremely common, I think, in our culture. And a lot of people put that where um, children being responsible for their parents or being expected to live with their in-laws to take care of them, um, that women's job is to take care of the parents, to be the domestic one, to be the daughter-in-law who takes care of her in-laws. Um, that came up a lot. It is it's an interesting mm-hmm. idea. And so I don't experience that as much because I am obviously in a different type of relationship. So my in laws don't really have like expectations of me because they're just like, this is Michael's wife. And they just kind of leave it at that, even though obviously we all take care of each other. Um, but there's no like, this is your role in this house.
1: Right. I, I definitely, so I'll, I am married to another South Asian. So I do get a lot of that. And honestly, to be fair, When I got married, you know, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, you know, being how I was raised, my mom, you know, lived with my grandparents, you know, her whole marriage. And, you know, my my grandmother still lives with them. My parents are primary caretakers. So having seen her be just such a great doting um, daughter-in-law, you know, when I got married, I automatically had that in my head as well that I would do that and you know as i you know grew into my marriage and family and i realized you know that's not going to be a vibe that works for me like you know i need my <laughs> space like i will for sure you know i'm not opposed to taking care of either parents and doing all that but as far as like the the joint household like in your face all of that like that that's not a vibe like not yeah. for us you know um, so slowly over the years, you know, and it was like a mutual, you know, again, grateful that everything flowed naturally for me and my husband and our family. But you know it it naturally evolved to okay, look, we're all gonna stay and do our own thing in our own space and bubble. And then when the time comes and people aren't able to care for themselves, like obviously we'll we'll definitely make that transition and be a part. Even in more details to to care and take care of parents in their older age. But that whole like, you know, we've been married, we have kids, move in and do all of that. Like, no. And I and like you said, it's very common in our culture. So I did at one point 10 years ago, you know, 24 year old Dara thought like, okay, that I'm going to do that. I'm going to get married work and like have my in-laws live with us from day one and we're gonna we're gonna do all of that and then realize that that's not at all gonna work for me our family my marriage um and yeah so we're we all live independently happily everyone's connected you know and do visits and so forth and you know our plan is that when Parents aren't unable to take care of themselves, we'll make that transition. But until then, there's no need just because we have kids or just because, you know, it's our culture that we need to do that because cultures can change, people can change, and we need to make those changes. And I don't think at all that I'm a bad daughter in law. Other people may disagree, you know, society may be like, oh, wow, they live there and they live here because we are in different states. We don't live near family, and it is because of work that has created that circumstances for us but we're also very okay with it and we enjoy it we're like you know what we kind of able to see people when we need to see them and then come back and have our peace and mental health is everything and yeah as we know in south asian culture there's no such thing as boundaries and people understanding them so it work it it works out well for us because in those durations when we all get to hang out for two three weeks or a month whatever you know you just. You can let the boundaries be crossed for a few weeks and just let it be. And then you go back to your safe space. But no, I think it's I think it's garbage. We shouldn't have that expectation that in-laws need to stay with them in their house, in their space. And it's the sole job of the daughter-in-law to make that a pleasant experience. That's nonsense.
0: Did you bring that up to your husband that you were like, we're not doing this or we are like, how did you have that conversation?
1: We did have to have a, tra- a conversation because initially, you know, being so young and naive when we were dating and chatting, you know, obviously I was like, yeah, it'll be cool. Like you'll have your parents in with us, all of that. And obviously, as every. South Asian guy is gonna be all excited about that, right? And then as life happened and we started learning about family personalities and dynamics, I was like, and eh, negative, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna have a successful marriage or relationships with various members, you know, because of that. And he was very open to it. And honestly, his parents were too. You know, they're just like, Yeah, okay, we're all a little different. This isn't gonna work. So when the time comes, we'll do it. Otherwise, we're capable, we're independent. Um I think it took him a while to like fully, you know, not be heard about it. But he was like, I don't think it was in his head. If anything, I had it in my head that we should do that. He never did, so it's really me putting that thought in his head, and then like being like, okay, maybe this
0: (laughs) never mind. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but you know, he's he's you know not doesn't hold it against me or anything. It's always a conversation, and you know our. Our mutual standing is, and and where our morals have always aligned is, no matter what, we'll always be there for our families, siblings, and parents, no matter what, through good times and bad times, and that has never been misaligned. I think because of that, we're able to move forward with that, a little change in path to say, okay, maybe we're not gonna do it that way, you know? But we make up for it in other ways to make sure that there's lots of interactions, visits, and memories being made, so we don't feel like we're so isolated and didn't make those memories to pass down.
0: That's a good way to put it. Where it's like this isn't about like like we still care about you. We're mm-hmm. still gonna take care of you when that time comes. But right now, we don't need to like constantly be around each other either. And just like accept that like not every family dynamic is gonna work together perfectly all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Um. The irony of my life is I was always like, I, well, besides rarely dating South Asian men, just generally being like, never going to live with my in-laws. Like, why would I ever do that? Like, brown guys are so needy. I live with my in-laws. I've lived with my in-laws for the last two years, thanks to the pandemic. Um, But I have very different in-laws. Like I said, they don't have the kind of expectations. Um of me that like a typical South Asian family would and I'm very close to them and we pretty much all get along and hang out and it's a very different dynamic if anything I feel guilty that I am so close with my mother and father-in-law in in a way that I'm not with my mom and my dad like I can hang out with my mother-in-law like we'll, we'll go to dinner together we'll get our nails done like whatever like Right before this, I was sitting at the dining table gossiping with her, and then I came here. Like, and so I have a different form of guilt I get to live with. um But I think like establishing just like the general understanding that like it's not because I don't care about you that I don't want to live with them, because um, I think brown people take everything very personally.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So and so, everything.
0: Okay. Yeah. Even
1: our generation of people, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's no. Not just, it's not just like parents. Like I'm grateful that like my brother and I coach our parents all the time, you know, and they're very ahead of their time to like really take it in and digest it, you know. They'll still challenge us as they should, right? They shouldn't be just okay, fine, right? But um, even our generation, I feel like when I have conversations with friends or cousins, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh no, but it should be this way, and I'm just like, man, you're like still stuck back in the day, like why, like oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Sometimes they need a f- friendly reminder. And you know what I've noticed this, like this idea that like the girls are the caretakers perpetuates in the idea that so many of these girls end up in healthcare. And so I used to work in a nursing home. And so we'd get all the little nannies and the baths and like they'd be in the in rehab. And as a therapist, like, you know, I go do my rounds and I would pop in and like, They would immediately go into like, I'm the older person, you're the young brown girl, do all these things for me instead of like, hey, I'm just here to like do rehab, check in on you, make sure you're positioned, like just do my job, basically. It was like being, it's okay, like I would always be translator, I had no problem with that if they didn't have someone around, but like, oh, get my socks for me. Get my water for me. I want this. Tell the nurse I want that. Tell the tell the doctor this. Where's the, and I'm like, we can't do this. And it was really hard because they would take it really personally and like didn't separate that like this is your job, and you're not my daughter or daughter-in-law. Like yes, you're brown, but like that's not how this
1: yeah, works. This isn't directly
0: translated that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, super awkward. Um, yeah. <laughs> But moving it. on, we've got uh, people submitted so many things in this list. Yeah. Um the women's job being domestic seems to still be an idea for a lot of brown people which I didn't realize. Like for me that's just not how I was raised. I mean I guess it was how it was raised, but I just like never heard it. Like my mom would just be like you need to learn to cook so you can get a husband and I was like no I don't. And then it's carried out like it was it never sank in. Whereas I think it seems like a lot of the younger people really let it sink in that our parents like wanted women to just be these like little housewives. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that.
1: I mean, OK, so I am a bomb ass cook. And that wasn't because like my mom made me learn how to cook or, you know, my dad or grandfather like you got to learn. I I just like girl like to eat. So your girl wanted to learn how to cook. So for me, it was very different. And to be honest, all my brown friends that I know, the girls don't even cook their men do 99.99% of the time. So I'm grateful to have examples in my age group and my friends where it's not like that. If anything, I'm probably one of the few where it is your traditional setup. And it's by no means, by expectations or anything weird like that. Like yesterday, you know, like my husband cooked and cleaned up and I just sat there because it was a day and I was just not going to do it, you know? So it's by no means for us that way. But, you know, a lot of the friends I have, like the wives straight up will be like, I don't even know how to cook. I wash dishes because my husband does all the cooking um, uh, for our household, my husband's a great cook as well. I mean, I do do 90% of the cooking and domestic lead, but that's just like my type A personality that kicks in has nothing to do with like South Asian, you know, um, norms being passed down. But I will say the commentary is quite comical when, you know, you do hear the aunties and, you know, at, at, at some point, you know, Early in our marriage, when we had my first son, when my mother in law would just say, like, "Oh, my son just does so much," and I'm just like, "Oh, you mean showing up for his part?" and I found that ironic because like she has a very loving, helpful husband. My father in law is very helpful, so I just thought, you know, it is it is funny when the moms do see their boys do stuff because um, I'm like, and
0: they give them so much credit for like just doing their job. Yeah, I'm just
1: like, oh, he showed up to be a dad that you know like okay cool so i mean i mean my mom friends and i we will always talk about that like oh the dad went to lunch i'm like word i I do that all the time like how is that like so special that he did it today you know um so that is bullshit people need to quit like giving south asian dudes kudos for like just 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 being a fucking good man
0: (laughs) it's like that's yeah little, well men you know in general
1: and like showed up for your kids like that's awesome that is yeah. what a good man should do so nothing extraordinary um, yeah men always should. Get...
0: yeah <laughs> like they don't even have to be brown they could just be men and like if you see like a dad with a stroller like all the moms walking by are like oh my god you're such a good dad oh my god so cute and I'm just like seriously like really that's all it took
1: I yeah, will even have girlfriends. They'll be like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. Like your husband does X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yours doesn't like, yeah. Don't, right. So like, don't give him extra kudos. I'm very grateful. And like, uh, to be honest, my husband gets annoyed too. If anything, he's kind of like, man, like that poor wife, like she needs extra help. Like what's her man doing? You know? So, um,
0: yeah, that, that, definitely yeah.
1: Needs to die.
0: And it's, weird because like you were saying before I feel like these ideas like you know we're going through this list of things people want to get rid of and it's not just our parents generation like I know a lot of people that like millennials that like grew up and were like you know my dream was to like be a housewife like I was gonna marry a doctor and I was gonna have babies and I was gonna be a mom and I'm like listen no judgment like being a mom is the most important job in the world I get that. But are are we really, like, pushing that this is this is the agenda? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to just have kids and hang out with the people I made. Like, my kids are going to be awesome, let's be real. But, Amen. Get in, but I, like, <laughs> also didn't grow up and be, like, you know, my dreams were just so domestic. And I'm, like, what? Like, I, it's so unrelatable to it's it. unrelatable
1: to me because, like, I think I mentioned this probably in one of our other recordings, but like, I it was never a conversation if I will go away to college. Like, I left at 18, I never went back home. Like, I left, and it was, but I never had that awkward conversation with my parents where, you know, like, I do have cousins where they had to go to college from home. And I you know again, it's not bad, but it was unrelatable for me because I was never like in that situation in my household, you know. Because I have an older brother, and if anything, I always tease everyone. I was like, My parents were chill, my older brother was strict, where right? I had to like hide and lie to him because I'm like, He's gonna get weirded out. But, um, yeah, I like knew I would get married and have kids one day, but that wasn't like what the focus was, like my parents, including my mom, who, you know, was, you know, a a homemaker and a business owner with my dad. But from day one, she was just like, your goal should be to make your own money and make sure you don't need a man to depend on. That stuck in my head. And that's what I did, you know, where it's like, I can pay my own bills. And I would always operate in that capacity, never be you know, dependent on demand for that. So, yeah, I I agree. It was never like on the forefront for me, but to each their own. And I hope we can start having more of those conversations and examples to others and, you know, future kids growing up don't have to think in that mindset and have endless possibilities. And and if you do want to like be, you know, just fully domestic, ain't no shame, but I hope people know that they have options. You know, I think that's right. I hope like it's a choice exactly not like this is what you should only do because i have like, girlfriends that are not south asian and like they don't want to work and they just want to be moms and that's beautiful and they also are very aware that they have all the choices so in those situations i do find that you know awesome but i agree with you there our culture doesn't necessarily encourage that so girls are like yeah, yeah. They- I do just want to be a mom. I think, you know what I yeah. Like, oh, girl, like don't mom. get me
0: wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't dream of labor. Like the second I don't have to work for someone else, I will take the opportunity, no, <laughs> but like most, <laughs> mostly because like I like having, like, even if I like stopped having a regular job, like I would still like, I have this podcast, I have all these other things I do where like I'm not just defined by the whole like, Being a mom thing, and again, like if that's really what you want, I just feel like it's drilled into a lot of brown girls where it's not so much an option;
1: it's like a mandate. Yeah, no, I agree, and that—that's where do do it out of your true passion, not because that is what you should do. You know?
0: Yes. And speaking of
1: on, on, speaking of things
0: (laughs) (laughs) you must do, Uh, a bunch of people put in the pressure to become like a doctor or a lawyer, like these. Kind of high end, professional, very white collar sort of gigs, um, and I can I can totally understand that. I think we all know those kids who like from from the minute you knew them, it was like you will be a doctor one day, even if it means going to med school on an island in the Caribbean, like which is so random. I'm like, why are you all here in the, in the Caribbean anyway? We're not going to judge them. But like, it was like at all costs, right? Like at all. you're going to be, you know, graduate at the top of your class. You're going to go to school and be a bio major. And then you're going to become a doctor. And like, you're, I mean, the amount of Brown kids I know who like, and this is where I struggle to relate again. It's like, they're my age and they've never had a regular job. Like it was like school, 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 forever, residency, fellowship, whatever the hell, you're a doctor. And I'm like, how have you never had to work ever? Like someone's just been paying for your life. Like I love, and they're the same people that are out here screaming about other people's privilege. And I'm like, you don't have student loans. Your parents paid for your existence and you're almost 30. You've never had to work at McDonald's in a drive-thru and have somebody yell at you for bullshit you didn't do shut the fuck up that is where i find the whole thing relatable unrelatable but there is a lot of pressure to become a doctor no 100 percent. i was definitely
1: in that path as well like you know pre-med architecture like engineering all of that and then you know i just I didn't give a shit about any of that. You know, I was, I was always a business person and people person. So like, even when I switched to business, it was find the hardest, most reputable thing. So I majored in accounting and in graduated. Accounting. <laughs> and then I was pursuing my CPA. And then I was like, no, I took like two parts. good but i was like i don't want to be a cpa i hate numbers i like that's not my jam um so i do remember that pressure by society not necessarily my parents but like you know my uncles and aunts and like oh you're you're not doing pre-med okay so what you know but, oh, you're doing accounting, so that's still good, you know. In, in a perfect world, I wish I, I had the balls then to be like, no, I'm going to go into people or marketing, you know, things that I am mm-hmm. really good at. I am more of a creative person and a more entrepreneur mindset, you know. But it's it's just frowned upon, you know, and yeah. it sucks. And I remember this, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about my brother on his behalf, but, like, I remember, like, he was a computer science major and he wanted to switch to electrical engineering because that was just his jam. And I remember him talking to my parents and him being emotional, like, like scared and nervous that, you know, are they going to get mad? Like, what are they going to do? And again, not going ungrateful. My parents, they, they started crying because they felt sad that he felt scared to tell them. They're like, no, like, you do what makes you happy. But like the fact that he felt that pressure that society put and all my uncles and aunts and our community that he was so nervous to tell my parents that he made the switch from computer science, to electrical engineering. It was still dope, you know, <laughs> uh, mind you, he went on to get his MBA and do badass shit, but, but, you know, just like even that little switch, like, Oh, but you you're no longer computer science. And the fact that he felt that, and I remember being in middle school or, or ninth grade maybe um and feeling sad that he felt nervous to just share that switch and i was like that's that's nonsense like we should be able to make changes without feeling guilty
0: well that's what i feel like a lot of the i i call it the brown girl complex like don't judge me but the whole like think of how many brown girls we know they all went to school for whatever medicine mba whatever And then they're like 25, 26, 27. And then they start like their side hustle or they side this other project and they have this passion project they do. And they have this, all these other things. And it's like, you just never got a chance to figure out what you want. Mm -hmm. And you were so busy following a path that until you got out of school and worked for a year or two at this job your parents told you to get, you never had to really like think about why you were making those choices. And I, I definitely have an issue with the college system in general. Like, I think college is a rip off. I don't think we should be forcing kids to go to college anyway, like, blah, blah, blah. But when you're 18 and being told like, this is what you're supposed to do and make a decision. I mean, me at 18, your brain is like half developed. And you're like, let me just like take out all these loans and like, hope to become a doctor one day, like, and then you're 25. You're like, actually, I fucking hate this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like our nieces and nephews, you know, my husband and I are always intentionally trying to brainwash them and like make them do fun career things because I also feel the other option is we or other influence, which made us, you know, go down the path of doctor, lawyer, engineer stuff is I don't think we knew what was out there you know, mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a lot of resources and promotions on the various careers out there. So like, literally, my husband and I are probably one of the few uncles and aunts that, you know, when our niece and nephews, like, "Oh, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be this. We're like, no, like, do you know, there's this option, <laughs> this option, like we're literally, and you know, if that is their true passion to be a doctor, engineer, whatever, I mean, freaking go kill it. And they will. But, you know, like I said, we didn't know these careers existed. That these jobs are there that are fulfilling and satisfying. So we make a point to let them know all the various things and get them connected with people we know that are thriving in that space. To be like, okay, that if you really want to do that, great. But we didn't know this existed, so we're just letting you know that there's options for you. So go explore all of them. So yeah,
0: that's, how that's we pass a big it one. down and
1: break it. Right, that's how we pass it down and break it.
0: That's a big one. I feel like a lot of us really didn't know what our options were. Like we really Mm -hmm. thought like, these are your three or four choices and like everything else is completely unattainable. And then as an adult, thanks to like the internet, we're finding all these South Asians that didn't do that. Like that became artists or singers or started a business or did something creative or even just have have a regular job that isn't a doctor or a lawyer.
1: Exactly. And still doing good things.
0: Yeah. And I remember like, even a few years ago, when I was like, first getting into this like, social space. And I'm like, no one told me I could do other things. Where were all these people when I was a kid? And it's because brown 100%. people were like, you can do that. Just don't tell anyone. Yeah, that's what it was. Let Your it parents, be a secret. parents Yeah, all 100%. their parents were like, do this. But don't tell it. We're never going to tell anyone that this is what our kid is doing. And then their kid's crushing it now as an adult and isn't having a breakdown about what they chose to do with their life because, they're you know, yes, there's, like, your parents hiding it, but at least, like, you got to do it. And then me as an adult being like, why didn't I know I could do that? And kind of being a little bit resentful about that. You know what? I guess I could work that in therapy. Work that out. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I'll figure that one out later. (laughs) Um... What else did people put in? This was all over the place. Um, not being able to live with your significant other before marriage, which I think should be like required. Like if I have kids and like they're dating and they're thinking like this person is the one, I'm going to be the mom that's like, you better live with them. You better sign that lease and figure it out. Do not put a ring on your finger before you marry. Like live with this person. And our culture is so not about that. And then you see like, these like kind of awkward arranged marriages where you're like, oh, this isn't really working, yeah. or like brown girls complaining about like their husband, and I'm like, you could have just figured this out if you lived together first.
1: Hundred percent. Um, I definitely didn't live with my husband, and that was my only one ask for my dad. It was pretty cute. Like he,
0: I remember did. that.
1: Yeah. So I didn't, but I, I agree. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, it was also hard for us because we were long distance. Um, so. Had we been in the same city, may most likely would have rebelled against my dad or as typical, probably hit it from him. But anyway, that's not here or there, but I do agree. I I don't think, you know, and that's the funny part. Like when, when cousins and family members, you hear people get engaged and, you know, parents just, you know, when they talk and they think they're so sweet and innocent, I'm just like, dude, everyone lives together. Like, you know, you're not there all day. And also, it's not the end of the world like things are happening whether you want to know or believe it or not so just accept the truth and just be comfortable with it um you know I will say I'm lucky my my whole family my immediate and extended you know they everyone is pretty like just open and knows so it's not as as weird but I I do think that we need to stop worrying about that like just if anything, just be a part of it. So then it doesn't have to be a secret. And, you know, that way you can still help guide or give your two cents to your kids on relationship rather than scaring them so much that they do it secretly. And then it's just a toxic cycle and situation if things don't work out. That I told you so. Yeah. Which no yeah. one needs to hear. No one needs to hear that.
0: That's, like, another one that gets filed under, like, things parents let their kids do but, like, keep it super hush-hush and then make everyone else believe that, like, oh, no, brown people don't live together before they're married. Every brown kid I know that lives with their significant other, their parents literally – they literally said they're, like, oh, yeah, my parents let me, but, like, they just don't tell anyone. Right. Right. They were just, like, don't tell, like, your aunts and uncles. Like, I'm, like, all right. So everyone's just doing whatever they want, and you're all acting like you're better than the other people. Got it. That's where we're at today ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, man. what else do we have? We've got body shaming. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, oh. 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 If I, I could get a dollar.
1: This one.
0: <laughs> if I could get a it. dollar for every time I visit my mom and the first thing out of her mouth is, "Disha, you got fat." I'm like, "Thank you, mom," and then we just move on. Um, oh, my husband bad. even jokes about it. Like he like he's like literally the first thing out of your mom's mouth will be something about how you got fat. And it's funny because, like, you haven't, but, like, he just thinks it's funny now because he's like, I didn't believe you at first that, like, your mom does this, but, like, it's actually, like, within the first five minutes.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I... Oh, man. How we look, it's just... It's nonsense. From the scolo- uh, color of our skin, to the texture of our skin, to our body, to our physique, and you know, I've, I've heard it all from all the nonsense people that need to say whatever they had to say to me growing up, but my problem comes when you say it to my kids. Like, they're little. You don't need to tell my tiny men that they're extra small. Like, it, no, no. Do not put all that bullshit on the kids. Like, that's where i get feisty you know and like you know me and my cousin like when we're attending stuff together and you know she has kids and i have kids you know we both talk about it because we're just like look come at us all you want you can tell us we got thick healthy fat whatever you want to say but when they start saying stuff like that to the kids it it sucks because you know like it's pro- you know i can't speak for other cultures but it's definitely so common in south Asian, right? So my my kids are definitely not used to hearing stuff like that, you know, that, oh, you're so tiny, or long hair, or whatever. So yeah, like, why, you know, or, or even comparing all the kids, right? Like, you know, our, my family of You know our our side we have we have like a whole harem of boys so you know it's like let's let's compare who's a tall boy who's a small boy who's a fat it's like but why like what value are you bringing by saying all this bullshit to like kids under six like tell me tell me what, what what happened here like you're just getting in their head and messing them up so i'm definitely um The mom that's going to be a dick to the grown-up that says shit. And again, it's cultural. Like, they don't know any better. and They're stupid for still saying and thinking that. But it's just nonsense. Like, no one needs to comment on how people look. Or I even hear, wow, you look good for, like, a mom with two kids. And I'm like, (laughs) damn. Like, thank you? I think, like, what? Like,
0: what did you say when I didn't have kids? Like, you know, so. The mom space Ooh. is weird. Cause like, I don't have kids, but I know like all my, like people like you who do have kids, like there's this like weird, like mommy shaming thing that like, no matter what you do, like someone's got something to say. And like, if you're a mom that like, you know, who does it all right? You're working out, you're working, you've got your kids, you're juggling everything. And it's like, somehow that's a problem but then if you're a stay-at-home mom that's a problem I guess I'm part of that problem um if you're like like you can't be the mom who does it all because something has to be wrong with you you must be a shitty mom or if you're only a mom well then you've identified as only that and you have nothing else to contribute to society or like like you said the comment of like oh you look good for a mom too as if like you should be a hot disheveled mess all the time to make the other moms feel better who maybe are a little bit more of a crunchy mom. Like I, there's like no winning in your guys. There's no winning. And honestly, I'm going to like
1: peel it a little bit further. Like even between like just peer to peer mom, there's a lot of that nonsense, you know, like it's like, I'll have friends, you know, that will be like, Oh, that's nice. You worked out today. And I'm like, Ain't nobody stopping you. I woke up at yeah. five to go do it. You know, like, so it, it's people that like, like, yeah, I don't know why we just do that. And like you said, there's no winning. Like you could be doing it all, crushing it or not doing enough and not crushing it in either which way. And it's just like, just eye on your own prize. Like, why are we like looking over here, looking over there? And in my opinion, and I always tell my husband this, I'm like, look, when, when people start doing all that, like, oh, well she's doing this or wearing that or doing this in my head. I'm like, don't be the jealous bitch. Be the inspired bitch. Like learn, (laughs) feel inspired, feel motivated to change your situation. If you're feeling salty about it, but don't, don't hate on her for getting it. Like good for her, like applaud her and learn from her. And if you're that like irritated, then like don't interact. But like, I agree. There's, there's no winning. There is no winning. I, I, I,
0: yeah. yeah, and if, and if you have like you said, like how you have a husband who's like super involved and like does his part of showing up as a dad and like doing the things he should normally be doing to take care of the kids, but then the women who don't have that in a husband or don't expect that from their husband, it's like that's a problem that you have a husband who does all of those, and it's like, well, 100%. I don't have that, and 100%. I don't put that on my husband, and blah blah blah, hundred percent, and I'm like. This is literally the most toxic thing I've ever heard of, and I It, just, it like, really is.
1: It's 100%. Oh, like so many interactions like that. And I'm just like, and, and, Must you know, be I,
0: nice. <laughs> oh, well,
1: oh, I hate that I want to put that must, on
0: a t-shirt and sell it
1: that's going to be our next merch line must be nice stick both our faces on it because I definitely cringe like every time like oh that's so nice you got to do that I'm just like <laughs> I made shit happen like no one's stopping you like what do you mean that's <laughs> so nice like them um, like
0: yeah it, it, I'm going to sell that irritating. on a t-shirt
1: Yeah, I I I want to sign that one, (laughs) but and then like even you know and and I I will say a part of me and it's only been in the recent years, but a part of me did have guilt, guilt and like my own complex because of it. Must be nice that I felt like overly privileged when like we just established normal things, right? Like a supportive husband doing with. should do not like you know something above average right that I did start to feel insecure like dang like maybe I am super special and I'm a a bad person for you know talking about it so like maybe
0: I should be more grateful for my husband maybe I should worship the ground
1: like and I and I felt like I needed to like dim my light because of that you know and to protect the other person who felt it must be nice. And, you know, it took me the recent years to be like, fuck that. I'm not coming at a place of ill intention. This is just my true life that I'm living and that I work hard to, you know, create. And if you feel insecure threatened or it must be so nice about it, then that's a you thing, not a me thing. And I will no longer, you know, dim my light to make you feel better because you need to resolve whatever you got going on. Like that's like, I'm not here to like, yeah. you know, fix what's going on. There.
0: Yeah. Well, that's also, I feel like you get to that. I feel like I'm at that age now when you realize a lot of people just like settle in life. Like yeah. you got married cause you didn't think you could find someone else or you settled for this person. And now you kind of like, there's like that underlying resentment that, you did this so everyone else must do this too. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't even have kids. And like some, you know, I talk about Michael here plenty of times. But even in like regular life, like they'll see Michael do something for me. And people will kind of make that comment. It's like, oh, like he's such a good husband. Like it's so nice that he does all of this for you. Or or it's the backhanded, oh, I'll wait till you have kids. Like this is only good now. Like this can't, you can't have this relationship otherwise.
1: Have you heard it's because he's white and not Indian? Like, he's nice and helpful oh, yeah. because... Oh, my gosh. I could imagine. that's. Yes. Going I
0: right. mean, sometimes I say it just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I like to go out and be like, Michael, I just hope one day some of your white privilege rubs off on me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, get it. <laughs> that's, that's I, like, the thing is, for me, it's like... And don't get me wrong, like... Yes, some of it is, like, he wasn't raised in, like, the toxic brown guy bullshit parade. But, like, that's also perpetuating the idea that, like, he's just so different. That, like, marrying outside of your culture is so different. And I'm, like, first of all, like, his mom's obsessed with him, too. Like, like who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> it's a mom his, thing.
0: That's yeah, I'm, like, like, like that's it's not a just round a thing. mom Right. And so, and like, it's like I made my decision and I live my life the way that I do. And, but I also like, I live with the consequences of my decision. And a lot of people just want to like, I I don't know. But yeah, I I get that a lot.
1: (laughs) I do. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. I'm like, so what are we making excuse for a brown boy sucking? Like, it's not my problem. It's not my job to fix that. Hey, I don't have one that sucks, though. Great Yours does not suck. That's oh. very true. But, and, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't think they all suck, but there's just, like, just certain common things that you often see that they you like, just have to, like, weed out. Like Or
1: the the fact that even, you know, maybe worth having this topic and having a South Asian guy, but even... You know, people ridiculing them for being a nice guy, being a helpful husband, you know, being a kind dad, um, you know, not male chauvinistic dude. Like, you know, I'm sure they probably experienced that like, oh, he's he's a Mm -hmm. wuss because he does all of that when it's like, no, he's. He's still the man, but, you know, he's yeah. a good one. Like, what's
0: the big deal? Yeah. Um, like, to me, like, real men don't shy away or feel threatened by women in their lives, which I feel like a lot of guys have this – brown guys especially have the complex of, like, being threatened by girls who, like, maybe make more money than them or, like, want their husband to do certain things around the house. Because um, I have, like, you know, I have brown guy friends and they say it. They're like, there's a lot of toxic masculinity stuff with brown guys that, like, it's just, it's just not great, and there's no way to, like, manage or deal with it. I was like, oh, that's got to be rough. And, like, they're not like us. I feel like brown girls, we all sit here on the internet talking about this shit all day. Like, <laughs> there, we talk about our feelings and what's wrong and what's right. And I'm like, I don't know that the guys necessarily do that.
1: Yeah. No, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I mean, my husband is so cute. He can talk about me and what I do at work way better than I do. And the way he like brags is so adorable. I'm just like, wow, like, you're super proud of me. It's cute. So yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I will say like hit like on his side of the family. The guys are like, they're, they crack me up because all the, all of him and his cousins, their goals is for their wives to make it so they can be a stay-at-home dads. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yes. you know, it, just to normalize, there are good situations.
0: Yeah, and they're all different. Like, you can like a guy, like, different types of guys. I think there's also this idea that, like, one type of guy is better than the other.
1: No, it's like one that works for you.
0: Yeah, like, there's this, boys come in all you know, shapes and sizes, and they're all, like, some guys are a little more, a little more metro, they like their, like, clean haircuts and all that, and then there's, like, my husband who's just always dirty, and then there's, like, you know, the sports <laughs> guys, and then, you know, like, there's, whatever. My husband's oh. always a little dirty, it's kind of funny. That's too funny. Um, yeah, I guess my husband
1: a shirt when, during our engagement that says chubby guys cuddle better because uh,
0: he's, he's my teddy bear and I love it. So, no, I totally That's that. cute. Um, what else did people that put on? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Can't wait to meet him one day.
1: Like, your wife thinks you're dirty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say it to his face and I'm the one who buys his clothes. So, whatever. That'd be um. too funny. No, he doesn't care. Like, trust me, he like takes pride in the fact sometimes. He's like, Yeah, my dude, what do you want from me? Right? I'm like, so right. Okay. I'm like you could you know <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, what do I want? I want you to put your clothes in the laundry. That's what I want Oh to- my gosh, the one in falls Like two
1: set like two inches away from the laundry basket. And I'm like, really? Like
0: just Well, yeah, Michael will just wear the same thing over and over again and not throw it in the wash. And I'm like, yeah, I this don't- is-
1: this is dirty. I don't even ask. I'll just steal it. I'm just like, this looks like it's been hanging around way too long. Yeah,
0: pretty um, much. Mm, what else? What
1: about wearing revealing clothes doesn't make you a slut? <laughs> yeah. I am not a conservative dresser. So I definitely found that very offensive. Like, oh, you know, look at what yeah. she's wearing. And I'm like, and? Oh, please. Or even please, as a don't mom even get now, me started. Even as a mom, dressing sexy is just, well, you're a mom now. I'm like, that didn't mean I died. Like, what do you mean? I'm a mom. So, like, I can't, (laughs) like, like, ass and titties are off the, like, uh, options for clothes. Like, what is that? Like, mama still got it. Like, she wants to wear it. Let her wear it. Like, I, yeah, I definitely don't get that. It's
0: very, yeah. And, like, I, please, like, this. So, my family, my, Friends, my husband whatever got together and threw a surprise birthday party for me and but under the ruse of i thought i was just going out to a brewery with my girlfriend and her boyfriend and so i like you know showed up i'm wearing my like cute little joggers with like a crop top my boobs look amazing and like a little open button down over it whatever Mm -hmm. and then of course my whole family is at this surprise party everyone's there i'm no, I will say my aunts and uncles don't give a shit. They let their daughters dress however they want. They've never made me feel otherwise. Oh, but my parents, yeah. I get there. And then my mom wants to like take a picture and I'm like, okay, cool. And then she starts like buttoning my shirt. Oh, no. And She's like, she's like, you, you have to cover up like you can see everything. And I'm like, and I'm in my head. I'm like, I am literally 30. I am here at my 30th birthday party. My mom is sitting here policing my clothing. And I get all up in my head about it. It makes me super uncomfortable, and I get super self-conscious because I'm like, oh, my God, like, she's going to make, like, this whole thing about it. And then, like, so that was, like, super annoying for, like, a good chunk of the night. But, like, also then my friends were, like, who are all pretty much white or, like, not brown. And they were like, wait, but, like, they don't care that you guys wear, like, crop tops and, like, your boobs are out with Indian clothes. Like, we we're at your wedding. We got dressed up. I'm like – I'm like, but they don't care if you like wear a like a crop top with your sari or your Indian clothes. And I'm like, yeah, trust me, it makes no sense to me either. Okay, like <laughs> I don't get it.
1: Uh, Cause we're not uh, busting out in a Bollywood song, so I guess it's unacceptable. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I definitely don't get the dress. I'm definitely not a conservative dresser. I have moments. Don't get me wrong. I mean, as you can see right now, you know, but. Like, tonight's date night. I'm, yeah, going to be a cute outfit. because And not because, like, my husband wants it. This is my style of dressing. So um, I, I will say I don't definitely give a fuck. So I am that whatever. I guess technically I'm an auntie now because I got kids and shit. But at the wedding, that's, you know, trying to look like a dime piece for herself. And I give zero fucks. So I'm like, no, I'm still going to wear... You know, like my my cousins in India, they get my clothes made. They always laugh because my instructions are always, "It's not sexy." Then, like, don't even show me the outfit because I don't want to see it. Like, there has to be like cleavage, sleeveless. Like, they know my requirements. So, and then like whenever they take things to get tailored, the you know the tailor guys are always like, "Are you sure, madam? You wanted this low?" And they're just like, "Our cousins from America. Yeah, she wants it this low." So, I mean, that's just like you know why not and it doesn't make you you know that girl so yeah and we can
0: yeah we can definitely do away with that one that's just dumb and stupid and I feel like the younger generation is a lot better about it and like not caring and like calling people out and like not letting the parents like police what they wear and like obviously like no one's advocating for you to like go to temple in shorts and a tank top. Yeah. No one is advocating for that. But like some of our parents like truly act like everyone is staring at you. I'm like, bro, I am literally the smallest person here. Like I take up the least visual space. No one's staring at me.
1: And also, <laughs> if they are, like, you're welcome. So it's okay, too. So I'm just going to put that man. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. And, like, I liked my outfit. I was like, I'm glad I wore a good outfit. I didn't know all these people were going to be here at this party today. And, like, so, like, it was just really frustrating. And, like, because I don't know about you, but I feel like parents have such a way of getting in your head. Like, yeah. if anyone else had made that comment, I would have just been like, whatever, fuck off. But, like, it was my mom. And so, like, the whole night I, like, couldn't get out of like, out of my head and start to feel, like, confident again. Yeah. And, like, even though literally no one in the room cared, like, my tits look amazing, and, like, I'm just, like, in the first fucking ten minutes, you had to go... And this is where, like, I just struggle with my parents where I'm, like, do you have to ruin everything? You have to, like, actually go out of your way to ruin everything. Like, who invited you? Honestly, you probably should have just stayed home. Uh, But whatever. They almost didn't come, but that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) I'm not even going to get no. into that one. Oh, the family drama. Mm, what else? Oh, alcoholism. Yep. It's not normal. A lot. Of, yeah. A so, lot of closet alcoholics in our f- culture. So see
1: my family, all the women will have a cocktail. Like all the women like love their scotch. Like that's just how like how I grew up. So it is very normal my husband's side, they're very conservative. So there's very few if and more definitely closet um, drinkers. I mean, it's it's become more open, but you know, no one's like weird and mean about it, but I'm definitely the youngest. So like, you know, let's take a shot. Let's do this and all of that. So I definitely got the, Oh, wow. She likes to drink. And it's like, yeah,
0: but that doesn't make
1: me like less domestic or less You know, good human. So that was definitely a transition for me to like, yeah. I think
0: it's more like literally like the closeted alcoholism that's like runs throughout, just like I think South Asian culture, where like I feel like there's a lot of kids who grew up having like dads who pretty much like were should be considered an alcoholic and everyone trying to act like it's normal. Like we all had that, you know, that running joke, the drunk uncle. Like every family has a drunk uncle and like. Acting like it's normal and it's no big deal, and it's like, no, like you need help.
1: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: You need help.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent, or even just normalizing the fact that a woman can have a drink. Because I definitely know like women that drink privately because they don't want you know their mother in laws to know or this and that. And I'm just like, hey, you like mad grown huh. and you got to like secret drink. Like this is, this yeah. is strange, you know um again different circumstances but it is unfortunate you know um yeah i I definitely don't get that like let people be adults and keep your yeah
0: opinions definitely grew up with those kind of parents who are like girls don't drink and if your husband lets you drink you can drink when you're an adult and i'm like i am an adult i am an adult and like they have like multiple times caused like entire scenes over it and like The best part is my 30th birthday was at a brewery. And I'm like, we're here for the booze. And, like, I literally – I don't even drink that much because I feel sick when I drink. So if I do, I'll have, like, one or two drinks every now and then. Right. And they just, like, can't seem to cope. But I was just like, well, you already ruined my night with the commentary, Mom. But I'm just going to go have a drink and I'm going to keep drinking until I forget you said anything. Like, it was just like – Anyway, we're going to move on from that topic. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, alcoholism is not, alcoholism is not normal. You're correct. Um, oh, colorism.
1: I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I, I love my skin color. I don't think I'm super dark. I'm not super fair. I like a nice hybrid mix and I love it. Yeah, it was definitely, I do remember at my wedding, I don't know who it was, because I turned around and I couldn't figure out who said it, but somebody made a comment that I was darker than my husband, and one, what the fuck, like, that's what you're taking away from being at my wedding, like, to say (laughs) some bullshit? And also, no, but whatever, you know, to each their own. Uh But it was just so bizarre. And I, you know, like growing up, I was always, you know, my brother's lighter skin than me. And so it was always, she's dark, she's scrawny, she has acne, like she's just gross. And it's, you know, will she even get married and do life? Like it was, it was, it was such a like
0: pity. So that, yeah. It's, it was that. Like, it's like what? acting like your life will never amount to something because you're dark. And I, again, like you, I'm like, I've never had an issue with my skin color. Granted, no one made me feel that way. But I also like because I played sports and when you're a brown kid, like you're the only brown kid on your sports team. OK, like all of your teammates are white or black or Hispanic. And the white girls are obsessed with being tan. OK, they, they love, love that kids. shit. Yeah, and so to me, I was always trying to be darker. Like I, my mom would be like, you shouldn't play sports. You're going to get dark in the sun. Like you shouldn't be running track or playing soccer or going to the beach and like getting all dark. And I'm like, but why? I want to be as dark as possible, actually. And like, obviously, like aside the skin conditions or cancer or whatever, sunscreen conversation. But like, even now, that's still a thing. And I remember it distinctly. So this was like probably this past summer. I went to like my cousin's birthday party and like, you know, her friends are there. There's some aunties there. And, you know, one of them comes up to me and she's like, oh, Disha, you've gotten so dark. And I'm like, because I, again, actively like look to get a tan. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like I look so much better when I'm gonna have a little more color on me. I'm like, I do it on purpose Auntie. like I'm trying to get some color here. And she and you know, she naturally is just darker skin than me. And she's like, Oh, wow, like, maybe I should like, have a little more excitement about my skin color. Like you're so excited to be brown. And I'm like, auntie, you should absolutely love your skin color. Your skin looks great. I wish I could be this brown all year round. I look like Casper the ghost right now in January. Like, and she like, was so excited that i was like happy about being brown and i at least i hope in my head that i maybe changed her mindset a little bit about it but like no, there was it, like so many comments about me being tan that day and i'm like i don't understand i think i look good what's the issue
1: no and it's it is it is definitely nonsense like I literally remember being very, very young, like, I don't know, like, 11 or 12 or something. And having aunts and uncles, mainly the aunts in my family, compare me to other cousins and in front of me as a young child say that, oh, she's so dark and has so much acne and funny teeth. like. Will she even find a husband like so-and-so, you know, comparing me to the other cousin, she's, you know, she's going to have a slew of guys lined up to marry her. And I'm like, one, you're a dick adult saying all that shit in front <laughs> of your kid. And two, I'm not going to live a purposeful life and find love because I'm dark and have acne, things that I cannot control. Like I cannot... But also you know, so superficial. Yeah, like it was like so bad. And I, I mean I like I could literally talk about this one for hours, but like I grew up a lot from my extended family hearing a bunch of that, that I was never pretty enough. I was always ugly at the worst skin. I was never gonna amount to that's me. so I'd never finally got like, I mean, my immediate family never said anything. My parents or my brother, or grandparents, but like everyone else, always had something to say, and it was it was amazing because they say to my face, and I heard it as like literally as young as like six. My son Kean is six, so like from a very young age, always told something about my look and never being pretty enough. Um, so you know, and it and I uh, to be honest, this Christmas you know, we went back to Seattle. And that's like, when I had the full circle, and I was talking to my husband, but like, every time I'm going to see extended family or have interactions, anxiety builds up. And I never knew why, because I am very confident. I think I am the baddest bitch, the cutest one. Like, I don't think any of that at this point, like, <laughs> As I'm you like should. no, I am amazing and gorgeous. But it took a lot of work. And it took my husband To really help me love myself, you know, that I can just be me and that's perfect and that's more than enough, you know? But every time there is a wedding or some kind of interaction with extended family, I like go into this rabbit hole of, oh my God, I gotta find the right outfit, gotta make sure everything is just like on point, da 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 da. And like it was so weird. And my husband was to say, you don't do this if we're like taking a different trip. Like what's going on? And like I really sat and like, Like, literally, this is like less than two months ago. And I'm just like, Oh, my God, it's because I'm running into the people that would say all this shit to me. And it's, you know, even though I'm healed as an adult, I haven't healed from that. Like, it still triggers, you know, and then on the flip side. I'm also like paranoid for my kids to make sure that they have the most perfect outfit and that their long hair is combed and they look nice and all of that, even though I don't give a fuck. And I think I have the most handsome kids on the planet, but like, it's, it's so horrible that those moments where people say stupid shit will still follow you and haunt you, you know, like as a 36 year old woman, I'm like, like have anxiety to visit people that said bullshit stuff to me that makes no sense you know but it yeah. it, it sucks because like I, I love my skin color and I wouldn't want anything else and I'm just glad that I'm able to parent my children to not see it that way and I intentionally love to test my kids like you know my like kids when they're playing and they play with all all Walks of children, you know, all different shades. And it's beautiful because they don't see it. When I'll ask Kian, I'll be like, Oh, you know, who's that kid you're talking to? And he won't say, Oh, you mean the brown kid or the black kid? He'll be like, Oh, my friend with the hat or my friend with the glasses or my friend that was wearing the blue shirt. And I'm like, Beautiful. That is exactly what I want you to say. I don't want you to look at your friends like, That's my white friend. That's my black friend. Like, yeah. No, that like, let's just look at the human. That's yeah, my And funny most kids do. And like, all of most, that, you know?
0: Yeah. Like for sure. So yeah, and it's then, definitely a sensitive topic for me. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, there's this weird, fetishy thing that happens when you marry a white guy. Oh, because they're my husband's. It. As my husband likes to describe it, he's Sandy Tan, which is the Crayola <laughs> Crayon color that he because I'm Sandy Tan. He's so he's so white, he's pink sometimes. Mm. And it's like they do this weird thing where it's like, first of all, you're a disappointment to society because you didn't marry a brown person, fine. But then then there's but you have a husband who is literally white. Like has no, very little melanin in his skin. In the summer when his Italian comes out, he gets olive. But like, generically speaking, he is their definition of attractive because he's white. So then there's a weird like, oh, you're a disappointment, but we get it because he's attractive in terms of his skin color by brown people's standards and it's always like this weird okay yeah it's like well we understand why you did it because he's attractive and i'm like that's weird also auntie are you trying to hit on my husband like i don't i don't know what's happening thank
1: you slash this is this is gross
0: (laughs) yeah slash this is a little backhanded i it's like such an awkward thing that happens and i feel like you only get it if you marry a white person like and they're probably saying that you're gonna
1: have really cute kids because of that
0: oh that happens all the time when it's like oh you're gonna have like fair-skinned babies i'm like have you seen mixed kids the brown does not disappear the brown comes in hot like i hope my kid i'm like I don't know what my kids will look like and they will be adorable either way. But I'm like this weird like, oh, your kids are going to be so pretty because your husband's white thing. Yeah. Never really know how to react to it. And like in my head, I'm like, of course, my kids are going to be pretty. Look at us. Look at us. We're adorable. Like, hello. 100%, 100%. But, but like not in like a weird skin color. Yeah. way. way.
1: like, yeah, that's.
0: Oh, I yeah just, like I in like oh that. I think I'm attractive I obviously think my husband's attractive so yes I think we will have attractive children but like again you're making it weird like I don't want to make you weird I just, yeah aunties stay away stay the aunties away. are weird they just never fail to like somehow disappoint every now and then oh. speaking of that two faced aunties and getting rid of them and never oh. be one of them a lot of two-faced aunties out there, girl.
1: I'm gonna have to like,
0: <laughs> in case in case those aunties listen and recognize who I'm talking
1: about. Um, yeah, I don't like two-faced hosts, period. Um, not just aunties. I'm just talking people in general, but that's probably a different conversation. But yeah, definitely the aunties. They are definitely they're a hoot, and I I will not be one because I like hate them with my core so um I mean like I said I, I have interactions with them ver- at various times and it's funny because they're different now and I'm uh, I'm gonna be a good person and hope that they grew and change <laughs> call but because of like the two-facedness while I grew up it is so hard for me to like fully 100% be like okay you're you're not a total douchey, two-faced as you were when I was a child. But man, they exist, and they—they're like
0: they're well-populated. They're heavily well, so. Populated. That's <laughs> like, that's the thing. I'm like, forget our parents' generation. There's a lot of millennials that oh, are going they're up. they're
1: turning into that. To, I hear yes, you. Yes.
0: They are turning into the the same ones that are out here talking about how we're going to break the cycle are literally. Shit. No. I'm I like, know. you are the problem. You are part yeah. of the problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Oh. Yeah. I'm definitely
0: Yeah. The millennials that. that are turning into aunties <sighs> that are being like two-faced little pieces of shit. Yeah. That are raising Bring their children babies. to never marry or date outside the culture and putting pressure like that on their children- yes. or like r- my kids are gonna be doctors, and I'm like, did we learn nothing like we we learned nothing. we just we're just gonna keep you're gonna break a cycle by perpetuating it. Got it. That's your apparently your stance like yeah. and then yeah. I stop being friends with those people, yeah, that's oh. my solution. Mine too. I have
1: no time for that. Like anyone, whether your family or your friends, if you're just like not serving the greater good of my mental health, then you're just not going to be a part of it. Like I
0: can't. Yeah. I really like, can't. I can I can attempt to understand our parents' generation. I can attempt to be forgiving and understanding and Give just like – Give them some like, grace. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Bite my tongue, move on with my life. Right. But the millennials, the kids who grew up here – I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. Sorry, get a life, make new friends, get out of my face, bye. No, 100%. And I was telling – I forgot
1: who I was talking over the holiday break. I was saying that. I was like, you cannot apologize for losing people in your life because you decided to grow because it's when that incompatibility starts happening it's not necessarily you're better than them or they're not or whatever. It's the fact that you're evolving, you're growing and unfortunately they're stagnant and you guys are no longer aligned and it's okay to just say bye. Like it is okay. Cherish some memories and things were good. You guys are misaligned now. The stars, planets, everything's is not in your direction and you're on that growth mode and capitalize on that. Don't slow your growth for people that aren't going to, you know, want to elevate and get there because It's not worth it. They're going to bring you down and you should not stop your growth trajectory for people that try to be stagnant is, you know, that's, that's bullshit.
0: Indeed. And I think the point I want to wrap up on is uh, someone left a comment saying that you want to be Christian like those Americans. And I think just umbrellaing that into like Mm -hmm. that being any sort of American or trying to act American is a bad thing. And that is the thing I think for me is like the biggest like turnoff when it comes to South Asians is like acting like being American is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. first of all, first of all, half of you people saying that were born in America. You are American. I hate to break it to you, but I don't see you trying to give up your American passport. So. And first of all, there are lots of Christians that are brown. So let's not throw the whole like religion under that category. But yes, the idea that like, oh, you're trying to be American. You want to be like those Americans. Because I got that a lot just by bringing Michael home. It was like throwing your culture away. You want to be like those Americans. They get divorced and they cheat on their wives and they're alcoholics and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let's worry about the skeletons in our own closets, everyone. Mike draw. <laughs> I mean it is like brown people acting like they don't get divorced. I'm like I can name like twenty of them in my parents' generation that are divorced or should be divorced, so like let's not 100%. worry about that
1: hundred percent um yeah no i I definitely agree with that I think i I hear it more now as parents, like you know we by the way, I was born in in India but grew up in America, and I am american American Indian. But I get a lot of that commentary um, as I'm raising my kids. So, like, I live in good old Texas, so, you know, can't get whiter than that over here. Um,
0: <laughs> no, you're not but- American. You're Texan. Barbara. You're <laughs> a Texan. True.
1: We we on our, <laughs> our own planet. Y'all are Texans first. We on our own planet. But I, I do hear a lot of that, you know, with all the the activities and interactions my kids have. And to me, I don't like not let them do brown things. So, you know, it, it has nothing to do with that. But at the same time, if I don't have genuine, authentic interactions with brown people, then I'm not going to like expose my kids to that, you know, and at this state in their life, majority of their close friends are not, and it's not because I'm picking that out. It's just naturally how it's, you know, life is living, but um, but that doesn't mean my kids are not going to have that culture. Yes, they're going to play their American sports. But, um, you know, my kids love a curry and like kitchen. So it's not like they don't understand that, you know. But yeah, don't don't hate on me for having my kids enjoy football and, you know, not being fluent in Gujarati. They, yes, actually do understand and say quite a few things. Um, And at one point, at some point, they will master it. But at the same time, no, I'm not not trying to teach my kids culture because they're living in a hybrid mode, and they're like sponges, and they're smart kids. They're gonna figure it all out. But I get a lot of, oh, it's very, it's very American. Like when I all say things like, when you're 18, you're out, and people will be like, but what about they don't have their shit together? I'm like, I don't know. I figured my shit out. They will too. And it. it's like. Oh, that's so American! I'm like, no, that's like teaching them to be responsible, independent adults, you know?
0: And yeah, and like acting like American is a negative thing to be. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? Uh, like, goodness. see, so that's the part where, like, because I am again, people will, in their little backhanded ways, be like, "Oh, you're so American!" I'm like, and just like you, I was born in India, like, speak the language, fluent in it, the whole thing, Damn. and I'm like. I'm like, since when is it, first of all, like, yes, I am American. I live here. Like, whatever. It's also 2022 where I feel very comfortable just calling myself American. Like, I think that word can encapsulate what it means to be, like, Indian American. And there's room in that term for me to exist the way that I am. It's not like the 1980s where, like, our parents were like, no, we're Indian. And our parents are still like that. And that's okay. But, like, when it's, like, the young people, again, I have a real issue with, like, realizing as I get older that there are millennials who are still, like, in this. That are, like, fully committed to, like, just continuing all the shit our parents did and acting like that is fine. And that's the, that is the that is the correct way.
1: Or also complaining about it, but then still continuing on in that manner. Like
0: you know god i hate all
1: this but oh i have to i have to go to the samaj and that and i'm like well then if you invite just don't go
0: yeah i don't go go to the samaj i haven't been to diwali dinner in years
1: yeah you know
0: no interest
1: um no
0: i yeah i I definitely definitely find that annoying um But but then if you call them like Indian they also have an issue with that (laughs) let's be real it's not one sided I'm I'm like oh like how was your trip to India and like all you hear is them complain oh so hot oh my kid got diarrhea oh like it was like full of mosquitoes and I'm like I mean I don't know what to tell you you seem to have an issue with both sides I feel like maybe you should work that out with your therapist but like I don't know why we're We're projecting that issue you're having on me for being American. And also, like, I have no problem with that. Like, yeah, like, I've just, again, made my bed and I lay in it. Like, I married a white guy. I know my kids are going to probably not be, like, the world's most cultured thing. And I'm just not going to carry the pressure of it. Like. I know a lot of girls, like, they feel super guilty about marrying someone who's not brown and being like, I have to pass on the language. I have to pass on the food and the culture and the clothing and the dance and the da 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 And I'm like, bro, you can just, like, raise your kids to be good people and, like, that'll be fine.
1: Bingo. That's my goal. Like,
0: are That's my kids going to be fluent in Gujarati? Probably not. Will I attempt to sign them up for a class of two? Yeah, Probably. But, like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, especially when I know tons of brown people who marry brown people. And by diffusion, their children have not suddenly become more cultured.
1: No, 100%, 100%. And, you know, it's really, if that is important to you, you can emulate that in your own life and your lifestyle and your own actions. And your kids will pick up on it. Like, my little youngest, my little tiny man that just turned five, Him and my ba, who they call Nani ba, so his great-grandma, like, that fool, like, he is my heart. And, you know, like, when we try to speak language and all of that, like, he'll randomly, you know, he's five, doesn't want to listen. The older one, he's like, on it. But I know I'm doing good when I'm watching them interact and without anyone saying anything, he'll be like, good morning, Jesse, Krishna, Nani ba that's culture and that's them picking it up and that's how it will continue. And if he does it a hybrid way, that's great. But like it's still lovely and that it's going to work out. So quit putting all this bullshit pressure like you you don't need to be so brown or so white or or if you are one way or the other, it doesn't make you a bad human. And I think that's what I personally find annoying because it's just like just be happy and mind your own fucking business.
0: Well, we that's a good that? place can, we, can, we yeah. <laughs> we can wrap it up on that. Make your own culture, change the things you don't like, and just keep on keeping on. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys, and thanks, Dara, for coming to hang out again.
1: Awesome. Can't wait to be
0: back. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode, you leave us a review on iTunes. You can find the show on all major streaming platforms. You can find me on Instagram at disha.mazeppa. You can shop my Etsy shop, DishaMazeppa Designs. Find out everything you want to know about this show at dishamazeppa.com. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest, you can email bwwpspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And I'll see you guys next time. This podcast is hosted and produced by Disha Mystery Mazeppa. Music for the show was created by Krexwell.